Welcome to the broadcast of Better Together, Democrats and Republicans who love America. In our last episode, I led, gave you a little teaser about China's new favorite group to exploit. You know, they're totally, totally unused to it. It's black African children from the Democratic Republic of Congo. That's right. The Chinese Communist Party is coming after the BIPOC kids. Now, why are they doing that? Well, you know, there's this precious commodity mineral named cobalt. And cobalt is used in the production of electric cars. So naturally, China tries to rein hold of the manufacturing kings of the world, which I think we should shift over a little South India, thinking along with our country and our allies and, you know, I don't think India, I mean, it has issues, not the level of China, just a little bit south. Shift it on there. Help the East Indian people get a leg up. Uh, Shift it on. Because, you know, China just has, there's just no bounds to the levels of atrocities they'll commit. And now their target is uh, black children. Yeah, that's slaves. I am just hoping that this story will finally wake the other sleeping giant, which is my, you know, Democratic Party to finally, I mean, Nancy's there, but I'm waiting for everybody to catch up to where Nancy's there. You know, Nancy Pelosi's not taking no crap, but I'm just, I need, I need my rest and my Dems to get a fire under you. Will the exploitation of black American, black uh, Democrat, sorry, black African Democratic Republic of Congo children exploitation for cobalt mining for electric cars get it i don't know what other group they can come after i mean not really sure what it's going to take to get michael moore to do a you know uh, emergency podcast drop on all of the laundry list of china abuses of every group of everything of always for all eternity michael is it going to be the african children we're going to finally have you talk on this because it's really sad when you're far left representing far left for social justice and crickets for everything China just quiet as can be just don't like it are you afraid Sarah Silverman too does Bill Maher even talk on China does any leftist liberal talk on China besides me anyone I hope so. Sure, not hearing a lot of it. No, Nancy. Nancy Pelosi. What did I just say? Nancy does. Nancy, can you take it on? Because you know our party, San Francisco girl. Me too. Fourth gen. I don't know what gen you are. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the hypocrisy of my party trying to be the social justice party for all things BIPOC. And then, oh, but it's China. Oh, you do whatever you want with the black children. It's fine. Oh, you're making electric cars. Oh, well, that's for a good cause. So we'll just look the other way. I don't like it. Dems. Republicans have been outspoken every time. We need to catch up. Okay, let's go right to the story. Don't have to believe me. You can can read it. It's a video, but I'm going to read the captions. This is from Fox News, of course. Representative Chris Smith, China's exploiting African children in cobalt mines. Captions on. Okay, so let's go back because I always like have to rewind. This is from the Levine, Life, Liberty, and Levine. 
Welcome back, America. One of the greatest individuals of terms monitoring communist, monitoring communist China, their civil rights violations or economic, economic activities, sorry, is a Republican congressman from New Jersey, Chris Smith, who I've known now for how long is it? 40, 42 years? At least 42 years exactly, yep. This has been a big, big matter to you, the way that they treat each other, human beings, and the way they treat our country, and you held a hearing the other day or leading a hearing the other day what did you determine well mark thanks for having me on i did hold my 76th congressional oversight hearing on the abuses of chinese communist party and this one focused on cobalt which is mined out of the democratic republic of congo most of the reserves are found in the drc and china owns it they are exploiting people they're using child labor and you know they the key P ingredient, one of the ingredients of electric cars and the batteries is cobalt. 13 to 26 pounds of it goes into every battery. So it's in a very expensive commodity. Matter of fact, it's going for now 100. What's the number now? 71,000 a ton, and the Chinese have dollars that Cornered market, realizing the U.S. and in Europe and other, you know, want to have electric cars and you want electric cars. There may be some alternatives. Someday they call it both a mainstay and uh, exploiting kids. We had two Africans from the D.C. of Congo testify. One was a priest who couldn't have been clear how these kids are being abused. They have pictures. They have videos. They have kids getting very sick. They're mining with picks. And they're going to chefs and retrieving this project product. It all goes to China. I don't know what chefs mean. Although exclusively for processing because the corner of the market so that Ford and everybody else because hybrids use it too. But especially these electric vehicles will, will you know, the demand will grow exponentially over time and they will have cornered that market. So it's an egregious human rights abuse. And I have legislation that I've already drafted, which I will introduce shortly that would provide a presumption of guilt. That is to say we know it's happening. But if an individual mind can prove U.S. of America to the U.S. that our customs people that they are free in their supply chain of exploitation of children and slaves type process, labor type, then they can do it. We did the same thing with the weighers just recently, and I was one of the principal sponsors of that bill. To say anything coming out of Xinjiang, this presumption is that it was made in a concentration camp. So it's an it's. It's... A very important tool to try to get these light chain clean. And I am very, very disturbed at so many people in the environmental justice movement who have not spoken out on this. They say, oh, let's audit. Let's do this. Let's do that. And plain sight, these children are being exploited. They're getting sick. They're dying Catholic Church and other faith-based entities in the Democratic Republic of Congo doing much better to bring attention to it. But much of the world is turning a deaf ear on that. We're talking about tens of thousands of kids because you have the mind of a lot of cobalt and you make a very, very important point. Now, clearly, President Biden's administration, the head of the EPA, the Secretary of State, they all know that's going on. They probably know more than you do about it because they're dealing with these countries directly in the executive branch. And yet they keep pushing electric vehicles as their answer to Everything. When the prices go up fossil fuels, so they want to abandon fossil fuels, which really is a fuel that runs the energy 
of our capitalistic system and our national security liquid. It's also polluting, though, loving. Come on. And then place us all on this drug of electric vehicles, which cannot run without these batteries, which cannot work without the cobalt, cannot go except through the Chinese Communist Party. So what kind of new situation are they creating? Well, they're creating a nightmare for the victims and much more all of these victims happen to be little African children or other people who are vulnerable. We know that militaries very much. This is the air Congo. Military involved with ensuring that Chinese get what they want, that Tasha Kurda, the president of Dear Congo, is corrupt. And you know they announced zero tolerance policy on child labor a couple of years ago. If you believe that they're doing anything along those lines, I'll tell you the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> we saw the same thing I've seen in DR Congo. I've been to Doma at a time when armed militias are still out there, about 120 different groups in this area roaming the countryside, killing people. There are a lot of extractive minerals that are highly lucrative. And sure enough, you know, the the international community sent the United Nations peacekeepers, which was a good idea, I think. And then they started abusing, which was a good idea. And then I think then the children, so they had four congressional hearings on this, this outrageous situation where even the UN peacekeepers were part of the of the oppression of, in case, women and children in, in that part of Eastern Congo. So Ditto right there looking the other way. May paying no real attention to this. Our bill will say we're not kidding. I'm not kidding. you got to stop exploiting children. Amazing. I loved it. That was by New Jersey Representative Chris Smith. Thank you, Chris Smith, for having a conscience. And Mr. Levine, who's Jewish, um, you know, they're absolutely right. I'd love to hear Tom Cotton talk about this. He's back in the spotlight. I've been, I've been begging, and apparently he's back. And we're going to go over some things like that. But, you know, that's the thing. You know, we can't just excuse it because it's electric cars. And we can't be dependent on the Communist Party for the production of electric car anything. We can't be dependent on them for anything. Now, I thought the rebuff of, like, well, fossil fuels is our lifeblood to our capitalist system, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to have a capitalist system if we don't have a planet, Mark. Is it Mark Levine? I don't know. It's Levine. Life, liberty, Levine. We're not going to have a, a world if we're dependent on fossil fuels. So we do have to branch out. But again, can't in, I'm going to say it again. Can't India make these batteries? What is going on with this? You know, Hong Kong or, like I said, still China, but Taiwan perhaps? I don't know the logistics of shifting the global economy supply chain from China to India, but I think it's worthwhile. And, you know, I think, you know, oversight and ethics have to be part of it too. But at least with India, they allow religion, primarily Buddhist and Catholic. And what's the other one? Um, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> Sorry. But they're pro-religion. They have lots of religions over there. China, none. Not allowed. You know, zero tolerance. I just think it's just, you know, we can't keep... See, it's just manipulation of the Chinese Communist Party to say, well, you know, if you want to help electric cars, you still got to rely on us. And then they go ahead and do the dirty work of, you know, 
having that through the African children. And I can tell you before reading this news breaking, you know, news story, this is Fox News, by the way. Would it dare be CNN? <laughs> I don't know. Anderson, would you would your network ever report on this? Set me thinks not. Um, you know, I think this is really important for people to know about. I didn't know about that. Now I know about that. I don't have any car. I don't believe really in owning cars. I'm a renter. So I take the bus, I walk. And when I need a car, I'd use get around or, you know, one of these multiple car Turo. There's so many different services, a car share. I can get a car anytime I want, anywhere I want for any price I want. Why would I need to even own a car? Yeah. Electric or otherwise. And I just feel like, you know, I know that's not everybody's reality right now. Okay. But we can't justify even more investment in more Chinese evil of more groups they're trying to, you know, persecute just because it's environmentally sound, just because it goes with fighting climate change. Fighting climate change with African slaves? I think not. Just because it's not on our soil, not in our country? No. People could say, well, what about the African diamond mining? For You know, people have been, you know, exploiting African diamond mining for all these years. Yeah, it's not right either. No, not right either. Get your diamond from carbon emissions. They can make diamond rings out of that for your wedding. Out of carbon emissions, real diamonds. I mean, I'm just saying, just because it's been done doesn't mean it should be continued, you know? But who is breaking the news on this? It should be CNN, right? Because that should be the social justice party of the Democratic Party that wants to uphold Black Lives Matter and BIPOC concern as an all things BIPOC. And just, you know, we're going to ignore it. We're going to ignore it. But Fox News has to call it out and elevate themselves as social justice warriors for, you know, those many, many groups that are under the Chinese thumb of the Communist Party. It's wrong. And I just don't know what cage to rattle to get my Dems to go, hell no, no more. Will it be because it's black people now? I don't know. I don't actually care. If it is, great. Whatever's going to wake us up. Talk about woke. Get woke. Get woke on China. Get woke on China exploiting the world in its quest for global domination. Subversively. Anyway. Well, thank you, you know, Representative Republican Chris Smith, and thank you, Levine, for reporting on this. You know, two pale, very pale people talking about wanting to free BIPOC from oppression and slavery. It's happening. I mean, these two characters could sit there and have coffee in the, you know, halls of UC Berkeley and be more socially justice appropriated than two liberals who won't dare talk on China. I'm sorry, but it's, this is the reality here. We, you know, talk about woke, wake up, wake up. Don't kind of wake up to only things that you want to be bothered with. If you're going to call out social justice, call it all out. Don't not call out China. Okay, I think I beat it into the ground. Here's one little crafty move that uh, this company in Utah thought would be so clever. (laughs) Another one of these, like, do you think you can do this in the day and age of 24-7 social media? No. Okay, USA Today. Natalie, no use, allumed. 
uh, Utah-based company ripped off the Made in China tags and replaced them with Made in USA. So if all else fails, just rip off the tags. Doesn't have to show the Uyghur, you know, bloody fingerprints. Just, you know, put a nice American flag on that. Be done deal. An apparel company known for inflammatory apparel championing Second Amendment and Donald Trump has been fined after the Federal Trade Commission found the company falsely claimed its imported apparel is made in the U.S. Utah-based Lions Not Sheep and its owner, Sean Whalen, were slapped with a twenty. Okay, $211,335, it's a weird amount, fine last week after the FTC found the company removed Made in China tags, replaced them with fake Made in USA labels, according to FTC news release. The fine comes with heels of complaint, complaint filed by the FTC in May. According to FTC... The company added phony made-in-USA labels to clothing imported from China and other countries. FTC released did not identify the other countries. The apparel company sells items including t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, website, as as well as through Amazon and Etsy. Products, according to FTC, are marketed heavily through social media channels, claiming it would show people it's possible to live your life as a lion, not a sheep. Some shirts on its website read, Give Violence a Chance, depict former President Trump as a Terminator featuring military-style firearms. You have two choices, to be led or to be le- to lead or to be led, the company's website read on Monday. Whalen said in a statement to USA Today, the company does not agree with FTC's ruling but have no choice but to accept it and move on. The statement said that the company has been very honest and transparent about its business, citing an October 2020 Facebook video posted Whalen in which he says the company buys shirts that were made in China. The addition, In addition to the fine, under the 12-page order from the FTC, the company and its owner must stop making bogus made-in-USA claims and come clean about foreign production. Also under the order, any qualified made-in-USA claims must include a clear and conspicuous disclosure about the extent to which the product contains foreign parts, ingredients, or components, or processing. It goes on to read that if a product is assembled in the U.S., the company must ensure it's substantially transformed in the U.S. Its principal assembly occurs in the U.S. and that its U.S. assembly operates Operations are substantial. Um, so, yeah, you know, pathetic, terrible, and, um, you know, probably successful in the short term. Um, but you don't get away with it long term. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk more about China since we're on a roll here. And we'll go through the FBI articles of last week that I didn't get to go to. And some good, um, if I haven't already talked about them, some great breakthroughs in environmental technology. So now when you think electric cars, you're going to think what? Cobalt mining, black African slaves from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. Um, U.S.-funded breakthrough battery tech just simply handed over to China. The smug picture of Z, of course, and all the snu- and all the smugness with the smug. The register from Brandon Vera Virillo. I can't pronounce his name. U.S. funding breakthrough. This is Thursday. Battery tech just simply handed over to China. 
Okay, licensing snafu sends American inventions overseas. Licensing snafu. Okay. When the U.S. National Laboratories development a new technology, Uncle Sam's supposed to ensure it's commercialized in America, but that's not what happened with what's said to be breakthrough battery design. A Vanadium Redox Flow Battery, VRFB, design created at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, PNNL, has wound up in the hands of a Chinese company, which has since gone to become the largest manufacturer of VRB. FBs in the world. The U.S., which owns the patent and invested $15 million of taxpayer dollars into its development, reportedly has no domestic production site for the novel VRFPs. What about India? That's not to say that VRFPs aren't manufactured in the U.S. Some companies do make them, but PNNL battery design is different. Of course, over six years, PNNL scientists developed a special mix of acid and electrolytes that can claim twice as powerful as the other vanadium-based batteries, doesn't degrade like other batteries, and can be infinitely discharged and recharged for as long as 30 years. The refrigerator-sized batteries could be installed in homes, hooked up to solar panels, and reduce demand on your power grid. Research on PNL's VRFB began in 2006. In 2012, the project's lead scientist, Gary Yang, applied for licensing manufacture and sell design. The, chi- the license was granted, leading the formation of unit entry technologies, which branded the battery reflex. According to NPR, who spoke to Yang for investigation, Uni Energy was unable to find any investigators. He said they were dissuaded to, due to long potential lead times on returns. Yang turned to China, find a, re- a ready investor in the company called Dalian Rock Power Company Limited, located in Dalian, a city on peninsula in the Yellow Sea between Beijing and South Korea. I have to take a little bit of break. There's no pause on this thing to check my pasta water. Yep, thought so. Well, we're going to just have that cool down for a moment because I'm cooking and reading. Okay. By 2017, Yang had granted Rangi a sublicense to manufacture. Okay, wait, let's go back. Okay. Research on PNNL's VRPB began in 2006, and in 2012, the pro- project's lead scientist, Gary Yang, applied for license to manufacture and sell the design. The license was granted, leading to the formation of uni. Uni Energy Technologies was branded the Battery Reflex. According to NPR, who spoke to Yang for investigation, Uni Energy was unable to find any U.S. investors. He said they were dissuaded due to the long potential lead times on returns. Yang turned to China, finding a ready investor in the company called Dalian Rangi Power Company. It's hard to pronounce all this. Limited, located in Dalian, a city on the peninsula in Yellow Sea between Beijing and South Korea. By 2017, Yang had granted Rangi a sub-license to manufacture PNNL VRFBs in China, despite his original licensing specific that a certain number of batteries had to be sold in the U.S., which had to be substantially manufactured domestically as well, NPR said. In his interview with NPR, Yang acknowledged he didn't do that, selling a few batteries in the U.S., all of which were made in China. The license was later transferred to a company based in the Netherlands called Vanitas Power and said it plans to manufacture reflex batteries in China and later in Germany with potential future expansion in America. U.S. regulations make clear that the transfer of a U.S. government license requires approval from Uncle Sam after officials verify manufacturing isn't moving overseas. And it's here the NPR 
alleges that Department of Energy made its biggest mistake. After a couple of emails over the course of an hour and a half, a U.S. government employee transferred the license from Yuna Energy to Vandis. Whether the manager or anyone else at Lab or Department of Energy thought to check that, that hour or half th- whether Vanity's Power was an American company or whether it intended to manufacture in the U.S., it's unclear. The DOE declined to speak comment on investigation, although a letter news organization said to the department timeline of events evolving, Rohe appears to have led to the license being terminated. If DOE determines that the contractor who owns DOE fund, patent, or downstream licensee is in violation of its U.S. manufacturing obligations, DOE would exploit all legal remedies, department told NPR. It's unclear if DOE withdrawal of Ronke's license will cause it to stop building batteries, nor is the status of Vanity's license clear. The register has reached out for government department for clarification. At this stage, it appears withdrawing the license may have little effect. A blog post by German power company RWE in May said China is ready to with a 800MWH lithium-free battery farm in Dalian used in VRFBs, which was being built by Rongi, another Vanadis partner called Bulong New Materials. Vanadis website describes Bulong, executive exclusive, rather, producer of a mixed acid electrolyte used in RE Flex batteries. Vanadis continues to assert on its website that it holds exclusive rights to sell reflex battery in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. Less clear whether has the right to build and sell VRFBs in Asia or the withdraw, or if in the U.S. a withdrawal of license will allow will change anything so that obviously was um a terrible in you know terrible handover by someone in our country that obviously doesn't mind handing over lucrative inventions to china and probably got a big payoff for it you know and this is what tom cotton talks about a lot and how we have to stop this. Um, what else is China up to? We are the mighty, Team Mighty Thursday. The FBI's golden Chinese intelligence asset was a double agent the whole time. Counterterrorism is more of an art than a science, it seems. When FBI special agents launched an investigation to LA-based importer, they discovered she was feeding sensitive tech to the People's Republic of China. So they did what any good counterintelligence would be, discover her weakness and flip her. It seemed like the intelligence coup of a lifetime, at least it was at first. After 20 years, the FBI discovered her intelligence reports were of little or no value. She was secretly flipped back to the Chinese intelligence. The worst part was that no one knew because she'd been having an extramarital affair with your FBI handler. Katrina Leung was definitely an intelligence win, not just for the FBI. Leung immigrated to the U.S. in 1970, claimed to be a citizen of Taiwan. She was educated in New York City and earned an MBA from the University of Chicago. After that, she moved to L.A., where she moved into an apartment building, FBA called Nest of Spies, full of potential Chinese informants. She managed an, an import-export business that was known to have ties to illegal tech, transfers to China. That's where she first showed up on the FBI's radar. While running the business, some or other associates were passing tech to the Chinese government, something the FBI also knew. The FBI began to suspect she had role in the same kinds of transfers. Leung left the business and the Bureau closed its case against her. The investigation was reopened, FBI Special Agent James Smith, specialist in Chinese counterintelligence. He discovered a weakness and convinced her to supply the information to the U.S. Smith became her FBI handler in 82 and codenamed Leung Mahartman was the parlor maid. 
After Smith helped her gain legal American citizenship, the two hatched a plan to get Leung recruited by Chinese Ministry of State Security, which came to fruition in 1984. The Chinese MSS paid Leung for low-level information on the workings of the FBI's L.A. field office, while the FBI paid her expenses, including flights to and from China. It worked beautifully. Leung became a high-profile member of the Chinese-American community and occasionally held diplomatic receptions for Chinese officials. The president of China... President of China, then Yang Shengkung, supported her involvement so much that she was asked to advise Chinese government on where to locate its new L.A. consulate building in 1998. Neither the FBI nor the CIA had any reason to doubt Liang's bona fides. She had passed a number of polygraph tests and information she provided was verified by Chinese defectors in May 20,000. 2000, the FBI received credible evidence that Liang was indeed spying on the U.S. for China. A month later, uh, Smith retired, and FBI launched an investigation. What it found shocked the Bureau to the core. His first revelation was that Smith, who was married, and Lung had been carrying on an intra- intimate relationship for nearly the entire time, was her handler, more than 18 years. The investigation also found numerous red flags in Lung's history with the agency that never reported and investigated. Smith was a star agent, according to FBI's Inspector General report of the incident, required little supervision except he nor anyone else in the L.A. Bureau at the time fully vetted Leung before taking her on as an asset. The IG criticized the field office for its easy, early handling, but Smith had begun his sexual relationship with her in 83, almost immediately after she was recruited. FBI also found that Leung began using untapped payphones to contract, contact Chinese officials in act that was not reported to higher authorities. Leung had also begun a sexual affair with another FBI agent in the Bureau of San Francisco office around this time in which IG disregarded. It wasn't until the 90s that Leung's loyalty should have been called into question. In June 1990, Leung began reporting technical details of American operation on the West Coast officials in China. The evidence was lost, replaced in multiple files, and FBI never thought to do a full investigation. Leung continued to provide information to and the FBI knew it, but no one questioned how she knew the information. She was getting it from her handler, Smith, who was talking openly about ongoing operations, bringing classified material to their intimate sessions. Lung would photograph or make copies of these documents and send them to China. Smith knew about the disclosures, but kept quiet because he was afraid of being exposed. The handler, that is. These failures went on for a decade. When Smith was promoted in the Bureau, he continued to keep Lung briefed about the FBI activities in Los Angeles. Her handler became the intelligence asset. No one questioned Smith because his credibility was considered beyond reproach. In 2001, Lung's apartment was searched and the FBI found FBI phone directories and secret memos about Chinese fugitives. They later discovered she was providing PRC with the photos of FBI agents still active in the field, along with more than a decade of updates about FBI counterintelligence ops in Los Angeles and West Coast. When the investigation concluded in 2003, Leung and Smith were arrested. The case against Leung was thrown out due to prosecutorial misconduct, but the FBI came back at her for tax-related crimes. She signed a plea deal for three years probation, 100 hours of community service, and a $10,000 fine. She also had to cooperate with FBI debriefings. No one really knows the full extent of the damage done by Katrina Leung. It remains one of the biggest counterintelligence failures in American history. We just can't be the sloppy folks. That's the reality. Crack down everything Tom Cotton says we have to do regarding China. No more no more wiggle room. And you know what? If you're so intimidated about being afraid to be called a racist, you need to get with it. This is about being an American and protecting your country from these autocratic jerks that exploit everyone in anything. Lie. 
release COVID on the world and get away with it. And you know what? It's not anti-Chinese. It's anti-Chinese Communist Party. If you have to say that every time, say it every time. Because a lot of Chinese in America are anti-Chinese Communist Party, believe it or not. They'll smile and go, us too, us too, yes. And now they had attempted to breach the American Federal Reserve. This is Fox News. I don't know why they have a default captions off. That's so annoying. Okay, we're going to go again to rewind it. There is new evidence tonight showing just how serious China is trying to undermine the U.S. economy. A new report saying that the communist regime has been started targeting the Federal Reserve. Edward Lawrence of Fox Business now joins how and why. Good evening. Good evening, Brad. Yeah, this is a financial system in the U.S., not immune from the Chinese. No. The report is side of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee shows a sustained campaign for information theft from the Federal Reserve. Now the report shows the Federal lacks counterintelligence expertise in cooperation with the intelligence community. The report claims the Fed lacks policies and procedures to prevent theft. It highlights Fed employees with ties to China's thousands talents plan and they maintained access to confidential information of that plan sparked thousands of investigations by the fbi for stealing information from american universities senator rob hartman said on at least one federal employer was detained in china on four separate occasions and threatened to get information about the fed and the u.s monetary system the spokesperson of the chinese embassy in washington condemned the report saying china's transparent wrong china expert and the author of 100-year marathon uh, Michael Pillsbury said China about the inner working as a huge monetary system as it grows. I'm trying to read fast. It's like the Chinese know how to adjust their money supply, what to do with their taxes from the inside for information that huge Federal Reserve research staff. It gives them an enormous competitive advantage. And that's what it's all about these days with China. So Fox Business obtained this letter from Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell. He writes they have invested in tech for security and educated employees overseas travel that the Fed thoroughly investigates any alleged violations and takes appropriate actions. Powell said the Fed is deeply troubled by what they believe to be reports, unfair, substantiated, and unverified insinuations about a particular individual staff members. Still, if their support is true, Brett, it shows how widespread China's illicit activities have become. Probably is true. That is Brett... I don't remember his last name, but he's the he's the nice one on Fox. You, you can't ever go wrong with Brett, because Brett is just reporting the news, and he's never smarmy. Not a smarmy bone in the body with the Brett. Okay. China's Taiwan war games threaten more global supply chain disruption. Well, not if we move it to India then maybe not. Let's talk about, I don't want to read all that again. Let Nancy fall out. Let's read um, Tom Cotton. Here, Tom Cotton. Here's why China's purchase of farmland. Oh, it's always defaulting off. Come on. And then I have to like start it. Come on. Tom Cotton says, here's why China's purchase of farmland should be stopped. Fox News. Okay, why is this not... Okay. Yeah, that's right, Laura. I mean, China, I mean, China's not America, a communist country in America. An American citizen wants to buy 
a farm in Canada or buy a timeshare condo in Mexico, they can do that. They don't have to ask permission of a government. But in China, if you want to get out of the country, if you want to take your money out of the country, then you have to effectively ask for permission from the Chinese Communist Party and to do their bidding. If called upon, that's why we should simply stop these kinds of purchases of farmland, low food companies from the Chinese, building new food companies here in America, like they're trying to do the Grand Fork Air Source Base in North Dakota, doing Lord knows what in proximity to that base, we should just stop it. I, it shouldn't be allowed. I agree, Tom. So it's like you know, Chinese Communist Party is like a big cult, like a big Jim Jones, and kind of like a big mafia. You, you know, everything is tied in. So, you know, it's just a security risk at all times. I say all this not to scare you, everybody, but just to wake, like, have you see, wake up. I hate the wake up. We've got to have that new word. To open your eyes. <laughs> And to be willing to see the level of infiltration that China will go on every level with our country. Because, of course, when you have 2 billion people at your disposal that you can treat however you want, apparently with very little actual practical checks and balances, and you can unleash COVID after COVID after COVID after COVID after COVID, after, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they did. And, you know, I, I saw the three eyewitness testimonies from those researchers in Wuhan in January 2020 who broke the story, CNN. And, you know, if they did that once and they didn't get their lab fully investigated in a timely manner and the story and narrative was shifted to everything but the lab, only for then later the science to go and the lab is probably the, the cause of it. Yeah. Because this type of a ever-evolving COVID virus to the, affecting this many people for this long continually, no matter vaccine after vaccine after vaccine, probably was made in a lab by scientists. You know, I mean, they could do it again. If we don't hold account and we don't inspect labs in a timely manner and we don't give them an option to say no, then what's to stop them from unleashing COVID 2.0, COVID 3.0, COVID 4.0 in the future? I'm just saying that we all have to be on the same page here of going China. The Chinese Communist Party can no longer be allowed to exist. This level of leverage that they have over their own people is so destructive. And also to the country, also to their country and everybody else that the only people that win are these very few people and the head leaders of the Chinese Communist Party very much like the analogy of Star Wars and Darth Vader and the Sith Lords. Very tiny amount of human beings that benefit from keeping the system going at the expense of really the entire world. You know, um, Tom Cotton has talked on this all through 2021 in grave detail to try to rally people and get them focused and have them be China ready. And unfortunately it was the right thing said at the wrong time. And he needs to say it all again for people that maybe are listening now. Um, yeah.
I mean, I'll just read headlines. Harold Ford Jr. on U.S. reliance on China supply chain. We are too dependent. I think that's pretty obvious. Chinese companies owned by the CCP need to obey our rules. GOP lawmaker. Senator Marsha Blackburn. Claims TikTok is both a national security threat and surveillance threat. Let's read that. That's worth talking about. Now, Trump did talk on this. We can't just, you know, like I say, you know, a broken clock strikes right twice a day. We have to figure out when and how it's striking and if it's right. So let's read what she says. He, rather. Well, her, too. Okay. Captions on. Welcome back. So TikTok, the ubiquitous social media video app owned by the Chinese tech company ByteDance, well, sort of owned by ByteDance because there's no big business in China not controlled by the brutal authoritarian regime. And there's two big issues with that. First, there's a new report just confirmed all the data from TikTok goes right back into the hands of the communist regime. It's basically a global surveillance tool to gather user data. Absolutely. That's why Federal Communication Commission Brendan Kerr sent a letter to Apple and Google urging them to remove TikTok from their app stores. In the letter, Carl wrote, its core TikTok took functions as a sophisticated surveillance tool that harvests extensive amounts of personal and sensitive data. You also warned that TikTok's harvesting data and Chinese government access to it is, quote, unacceptable to national security risk. The second issue with TikTok is that China manipulates the app's algorithm to show Americans things that are harmful to society and democracy, while TikTok in America is all twerking teenagers in China. It's diligent students working to be scientists. The establishment here has gone nuts over Russia's meddling in our democracy. Well, this is China meddling without society. And by the way, we're stopping them from making the jump of our elections. Next, what's stopping them? This is real. It's happening right now. 25% of you at TikTok users consider the app their source for news. The talk is max of problem for America, and it's time we dealt with it and here to react, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, Senator, great to see you. You've always been very strong on China. Very great to see you. Okay, very strong on big tech. They come together with this TikTok issue. What's your position on TikTok? Commissioner Carr is so correct in how he frames this because Steve is both a national security threat and a surveillance threat to me for young Americans to think about where what the communist Chinese party who is a board seat with ByteDance what they're doing with this information they're building a version a virtual a you and every individual is on the platform they're capturing images they're capturing videos now what do they plan to do with the information in the future well you could see them to do what they have just recently caught the Chinese trying to do with the past decade, that is to infiltrate the SEC, the Federal Reserve, our nation's banking system, and to try to do a takedown of, so what we know, because we know what they're up to. This is something that is a position for them. They can build this repository of information so they can spy on individuals. They can go to farmland next to our military installations and our critical supply chain facilities, they can put up towers. They can use these towers that are equipped with Huawei 
equipment to surveil aircraft that are coming to and going from. It's crazy. Military bases and also to build that base of what is. It's remote World War III. Happening with our critical infrastructure. I mean, look, they don't let Chinese regime, don't let the Chinese regime, they don't let our American tech companies operate in China. Why do we let theirs operate here? Do you think, do you think TikTok should be kicked out of America? Well, this is one of the reasons that President Trump had said they ought to not be able to operate. Here's why I, along with others, have had amendments to the Defense Authorization Act to remove TikTok from military members. Phones, because that's a surveillance tool. Now you know, as I have, moved forward legislation this week, the Kids Online Safety Act, which would make it more difficult for companies like TikTok that are doing data mining and are surveilling, that are harvesting this data, that are selling this data to operate because it brings transparency and stricter guidelines to which they're going to have to adhere so that it will make the market less attractive for them and more difficult Chinese companies that are, you know, say partly owned by the Chinese Communist Party need to have abided by the same rules. Regulations and compliances that American companies have to abide by. Well, that's, Senator, thank you so much. By the way, it's great. I mean, you really focus on all this stuff, and we are all really appreciate that. Senator Blackburn, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, you can blow it off and go, I want to watch a funny video. Ha, 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 TikTok's so cute and funny. And, you know, President Z is like, isn't it cute? Yeah, we think it's cute, too. And we know exactly where you are. How you like your, you know, spicy chai? It's that Starbucks on the corner of 5th and Main, USA. Because we're watching you through your camera. I mean, honestly, delete the damn TikTok. It doesn't matter that Trump said it first. A broken clock strikes right twice a day. There's a reason for that being a saying, because it's true. Delete it. You have Instagram. You want to watch funny videos? YouTube. By the way, we could, in America, invent our own version of TikTok that's not TikTok, that's not owned by ByteDance or the Chinese, okay? You just have to understand that they're so desperate to hang on to their power, to try to spread autocracy, stealthy. That's why you get the crazy rhetoric when Nancy wants to come over and do a diplomatic meeting on Taiwan as one of the many stops, the last stop on her tour. They're so ramped up because they know what they're doing. They're infiltrating this country. They're trying to infiltrate the children and younger people because they're easy fodder. They're easy fodder. Okay, so we have Instagram. We have other different ways to social media relate. You don't always have to just go for the cutest, funniest, especially if if it's sub, you know supporting in any way the Chinese Communist Party. Just delete it. So now it's not just Trump saying it. Senator Blackburn. We have to take a hard line, and we have to take a no nonsense approach. And I can't think of what better impotence than the COVID release on this world that has still gone unaccounted for fully and still trying to be spun as some sort of ridiculous zoonotic potential to avoid, well, what about when the next release happens? Is that also going to be a zoonotic and we're going to have longer COVID? I mean, 
you know, SARS didn't last that long. For heaven's sakes, monkeypox is here, but no one is questioning <coughs> origin stories on that. <coughs> My concern is if we don't address things and we try to skew things and hide stories and bury stories, CNN, you, then we can't have the transparency that we need to have specifically with the Chinese Communist Party. And there could be another release scheduled, unknown, with a clue in some other book written by who knows, you know, of when the next one will be released. And isn't this in some way potentially a muscle flex of China? One would say, well, what about their own people? Why would they do that in their own people in their own country? Well, because they can do full-time lockdowns as long as they want. So, sure, I'm sure they were going to have some casualties, but they can do full-time lockdowns. Look how there's people on some sort of resort in China today that are, it's like 10,000 people are locked down in China that are visitors that are not citizens there. I don't, I wouldn't recommend going there, especially with COVID raging. It doesn't mean that the fallout was going to immune them from some suffering and some casualties from COVID too. It just means that they knew they had greater control over their people and could lock them up in their house and duct tape the seals and have armed guards outside the doors. And we can't. And so it's a numbers game, but they could do this again and again. You know, and it's a muscle flex in my view, as well as a lab accident as well as a terrible precedent for future if we don't make sure those labs are really secure. So, you know, all quote-unquote unsubstantiated. Mm -hmm. In theory, only if you didn't see the three scientists that broke the story in January 2020. With CNN, do you bedside testimonies of their experiences. It got out was a title of one of them. Dr. Chan, which is the most generic name, being one of the scientists that died. If you saw that, then would it be a, a, a conspiracy theory? Would it be? No, because you would have saw it, you would have read it, you would have seen it, you would have been shocked. And that's exactly what happened. And then we had a subsequent rise in Asian hate and Asian violence. And that was the wrong response. But that's what caused it to shut down. That and other reasons. So enough people saw it and read it and took it in in January 2020. It wasn't just me. And I didn't commit any Asian hate. I happen to know the Asians in San Francisco are vehemently against the Chinese Communist Party. I know that very well. So, you know, I can just say that a lot of us read it, can't get it out of our minds. We can't be manipulated to believe it's zoonotic. I don't care what scientist wants to promote what. And if you did read that, then you know. If you didn't read that, then you're going to think it's theory. You're going to think it's conspiracy. You're going to think... It must have come from an animal. But if you sat and read the whole thing and followed it initially at breaking news, you would not. You could not unread what you didn't read. You could not unsee what you saw. It's true for us who read it. And, you know, anytime CNN wants to re-release the story, which they could do, unless they're prohibited by national security, which I would think wouldn't, would not be relevant at this point. So... 
that's my little spiel. Okay. Um, national security expert weighs in on countering China's influence around the world. Please. So many different things. There's just so much. Oh, it's going to take another hour. I really want to get through it, though. What can I do? So many articles. Okay. I just want to skim and see what I haven't talked about yet. I definitely think, I'm going to just say an opinion while I'm skimming here, part of the plan of Chinese World War III um, fight is to be able to fight remotely through TikTok, through surveillance, through these, um, you know, plants near the farmland near our bases to interfere with our military. And um, it's all very stealthy. And yet at the same time out in the open, you know, we have to be diligent. kind of went over the farmland rationale for why they're buying. This was disappointing. The UAE voices support for China's sovereignty. The UAE reiterated support for China and said it was concerned about the effect of provocative visits on stability and international peace. Well, basically, that means you're not standing for democracy and Taiwan's independence, which most of us recognize, and you're kowtowing to China's um, perception that they own Taiwan, which we don't agree with, and many other countries don't, and haven't since the 70s. So that's a sellout. We have to just start taking notes of who's selling out. That's just really important. Like a lot of the American companies that sold out. Some of your favorite companies now belong to China. Love money stuff. Which ones are under Chinese ownership? Let's go through. And boycott, please. Harvey Nichols in London, department store. Dirt Devil, Royal Appliances Manufacturing. Hoover USA. MG Rover which is a car manufacturer, Rio Tinto, 
aluminum producer. Kent and Kerwin bought for undisclosed amount in Hong Kong. Ozy Minerals, $1.4 billion. Volvo, no longer Swedish. Club Med. Saruti, department store designer. Miss 60, bought for undisclosed. Gloves and Hawkins, London. AMC Theatres. Sunseeker. Addicts Petroleum. London Taxi International. Smithfield Foods. Dreyfus Group. Watches. Motorola. Waldorf Astoria New York Hotel. Inter Milan. Tommy Tippy. SMPC Clothing. Legendary Entertainment. GE Appliance. That's just terrible. And there's even more that I was listening today and reading today about other companies in America that were kowtowing and acknowledging. The, the phrase is now, let's acknowledge China's sovereignty. Sovereignty. Well, no, you're not sovereign over Taiwan. We don't acknowledge that. That random sellout businesses are going for the bottom dollar and don't care about our country. I will sell it out to live on a private island with President Xi's cousins or something. Um, does not equate uh, recognizing China's sovereignty. I don't think so. It recognizes your selloutness, right, and your your traitorous traitorship. <laughs> Being a traitor to America is what it recognizes. And there there needs to be some consequences here. Senator Con Cotton says the leak about Pelosi's Taiwan trip came straight from the White House. Tom Cotton reacts House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's planned visit to Taiwan. China issues a threat. Senator Tom Cotton, the leak about Pelosi's Taiwan trip came straight from the White House. I don't think it was a leak. I think she just boldly announced. Right? <laughs> okay. I don't know if Tom has his facts right, right about this one. We'll see. Come on. Joy, okay. Joins me reaction. How long is this Taiwan trip? We're going to get to the mansion betrayal of the voters of the West Virginia in a moment, but your first reaction to this Taiwan saga. Well, the word I heard in Congress is that the leak of Nancy Pelosi's trip came straight from the White House. The pressure came from Joe Biden, who doesn't want her to take this trip because he's once again kowtowing to Beijing. But Lloyd Austin and Joe Biden shouldn't be worried about Chinese aggressiveness. They should be chi making China worry about our aggressiveness for decades. Lawmakers have been traveling to Taiwan, both parties, and that should continue now, especially after it becomes public. I absolutely saw Speaker Pelosi last night and told her it was absolutely essential that she go. Report this trip no matter what Joe Biden says. Well, she darn well did. Would you go with her if I could be a Senate Republican member traveling to Taiwan with her? Would you go? Now, Laura, that would be a major, major sacrifice for our nation. But yes, if she invited me to go to Taiwan to show the bipartisan support that Taiwan has in Congress, of course, travel to Taiwan together. Yes, it would be fantastic. I'd love for you to go now, Laura, Laura Ingram. Your colleague, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, has made a deal with Senator Schumer for a new proposal. They call it Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Now, the details are little, you know. Scan as usual, but they're going to allocate $369 billion for what they call energy security climate change. It actually ends up 
going up to, I think, $433 billion in total than another. $64 billion to extend the ACA, $124 billion toward IRS in tax enforcement, and then, of course, the minimum 15% tax on companies worth over a billion. And, of course, minimum tax in 70 cents responses. And, oh, I don't know if we care about Tom's view about climate change. <laughs> I just want to stick with China, please, Tom. Oh, yeah, so that just dovetailed. So we're not going to do that. You know, Tom's really great on China. And about everything else, he just doesn't know enough about it. Sorry. But you know everything about China, Tom. <laughs> I'm glad you're back in the media because you really are the Chinese expert on all things Chinese Communist Party. But then when we start getting Tom talking about social issues and progressive issues and like buy, build back better and other things, he just gets very confused. So let's just stay in your lane, Tom. Talk on China. You're the China spokesperson. Okay, thanks.